So Ron DeSantis is sending illegals to all these Democrat neighborhoods, these wealthy Democrats. I mean, I am enjoying, it doesn't get any better than this. I am enjoying every second to Martha's Vineyard, to the home of Kamala Harris, and the Democrats are livid. Why are the Democrats upset? Aren't they supposed to love illegals? They show such compassion for illegals. Well, DeSantis is sending illegals to some of the fanciest Democrat neighborhoods in the country, and suddenly the, the, the Democrats are, 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 are upset. They only care about illegals when the illegals are in Texas and Arizona. But the minute, minute that you dump these illegals in the backyard of Kamala Harris and, and Barack Obama and all these wealthy Demo elite Democrat neighborhoods, suddenly the Democrats think that illegals aren't, as so, so aren't so great after all, and they're actually taking legal action against DeSantis, as though DeSantis is somehow breaking the law by offering these illegals this wonderful haven. Where would you rather live? In some dingy town in Texas where there are no social programs to help you? Or in these fancy sanctuary city neighborhoods? So these illegals now, who were bust into Martha's Vineyard, are filing a class, class action lawsuit against DeSantis. Now, obviously, it's not the illegals that are doing it. It's these lawyers that have been hired. I mean, the, the illegals don't even know what class action lawsuit means. But supposedly, they were treated inhumanely. And some lawyer, who's probably funded by George Soros, is the one who's filing this lawsuit. And, and the illegals are just really being manipulated by the left. And I feel bad for them because they're pawns, unlike, unlike the Democrats, who you literally are using them as chess pieces, treating these illegals as pawns. I actually feel bad. My heart goes out to these illegals, despite the fact that they committed a crime just by crossing the border and not waiting like everybody else. But here's the point, is that these illegals were placed on air-conditioned charter buses, probably with cable television, all sorts of, sorts of other amenities, and they were sent to these beautiful neighborhoods. And literally, other than, I mean, how were they treated inhumanely? They're filing a lawsuit against Ron DeSantis. Now, a listener, all right, we're going to get a lot more on all this border stuff here coming up. I mean, Eric Adams is furious. These Democrats are suddenly furious because their hypocrisy is being exposed because they claim to care about these people. Suddenly you dump these people in their backyard, which, by the way, they're supposed to be sanctuary cities and they're supposed to be offering all these incredible programs. Eric Adams says, oh, this is a monumental crisis. Where was the crisis when Biden was putting these people on charter flights and uh, sending them to Westchester, New York? I mean, I don't remember Eric Adams speaking up then. All right, other news, a listener pointed out that I'd rather have Trump have the, be, be in possession of the nuclear secrets than Joe Biden, even now. I, I don't care who's president. If it's a choice between Trump having the nuclear secrets, I mean, you really trust Biden with the nuclear secrets? I mean, would you trust Biden to, like, to take care of your pet cat for a week? Biden, he has no idea which country he's even in charge of. I mean, what if he accidentally bombs the United States because he gets mixed up and thinks that he's in charge of China? So Biden was interviewed uh, this past week for the first time in seven months. It was a softball interview, 60 Minutes. It was cringeworthy. This interview was cringeworthy. Biden could not articulate a sentence. He's confused. He doesn't know basic policies. By the way, he declared the pandemic over, and he might have actually gotten that right. But ironically, the same week, and, and, and the same week that New York City fired 850 teachers for not being vaccinated, uh, Biden declares that the pandemic is over. So you see the hypocrisy here by the left, where the pandemic is over, according to Biden, but they're still instituting these mandates. And it's not just it's, it's not just New York City. Even Biden and the federal government continue to keep mandates in place, even when Biden is saying that the pandemic 
is over, which, which absolutely makes no sense. Biden also, he insisted that if China invades Taiwan, that the U.S. will retaliate against China. And like they pressed him on this. Are you sure? Are you sure, Mr. President, that will attack China? Yes. He says, yes, we will attack China. If, if, if Taiwan is attacked by China, then the U.S. will attack China. So the White House immediately walked it back and they said, no, this is our not, not our policy. Ignore the old man. By the way, it's deja vu because the exact same thing happened several months ago where Biden said, yeah, we're going to attack China if they attack Taiwan. And then the White House said, eh, just ignore the old man. You know, he's got cognitive issues. He's got dementia, whatever. He's not setting our policy. He's the president. Ah, don't worry. Whatever the president says, if, if, if it's not the narrative we want, you could just dismiss it. You could just ignore it. But here's the thing. Uh, you know, Biden said this one with certainty. It's not like this was something that he said I need to think about or he wasn't sure. They pressed him on it. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. So here are, two, here are your two options. Either Biden is actually telling the truth, and that is the policy, and then the White House is lying, or Biden has no clue what the policy is, and uh, the, you know, the White House just sets the policy. Maybe they tell him, maybe they don't, but the minute he gets on television, he already has forgotten it. Either option, if you ask me, is pretty frightening. Uh, also, President Biden last week threw a party at the White House to celebrate the Inflation Reduction Act, which, by the way, does not reduce inflation. But Biden threw a party. The White House, they, they held a celebration of the Inflation Reduction Act, which passed several weeks ago. And the party literally happened, the celebration, the event literally happened on the same day. You cannot make this up. On the same day that a new report came out that the new inflation numbers were released by the federal government showing record inflation, record inflation, inflation numbers through the roof. So who exactly scripted this one? Who exactly decided? I mean, it's it's almost as though like this was something that Trump and Kushner arranged. Like like who who thought to themselves, hey, wait a second. I mean, you, you mean to tell me they don't know when the inflation numbers are coming out or maybe they were like so certain which is which is absurd if if this is the the case that they were so certain that the um that the inflation numbers were going to be uh, actually positive numbers which we know is not going to happen that they were so sure of that that they said all right we're going to hold the inflation uh, the inflation reduction celebration on that date but it was the same day even CNN was making fun of Biden they they like showed basically a split screen of Biden celebrating the 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 the, the reduction of inflation the stock market tanked because the inflation numbers were at 8.3%, which is a record high. I mean, it, it is the highest in over 40 years. And there are certain key metrics uh, when it comes to inflation that have shattered all past records. In, not in a good way, in a bad way, bad records. You know, let's not, let's not pop the champagne. I cannot remember personally the last time that groceries and other products were this expensive. And meanwhile, the White House is celebrating because in, because they claim inflation is supposed to be going down, which just shows you they're in a bubble. The White House, these people, I mean, they are just living in their own bubble. They have literally no connection whatsoever uh, with, with the struggles of the average American, the people that they're supposed to be protecting and care about. But the optics of this one, I, I, and like I said, it doesn't reduce infla inflation. They called it the Inflation Reduction Act. It was it was about like drug prices. It was about all these spending packages. I mean, this it was about the climate, tons of climate regulations and tons of new climate programs, which are going to cost like hundreds of billions. But the, the Inflation Reduction Act, like the only thing that it doesn't do, it, it, it covers everything, which is a bad thing. But the only thing it doesn't do is actually reduce inflation. And that's according to the CBO and according to even Democrats. 
All right, the maniac in New York City who went on a rampage with an axe has been released without bail. I mean, this was caught on video. This is this monster in, in a restaurant in New York City. This was captured on, on, on video um, where he went on, on this rampage, like just destroying things in a restaurant with an axe. This was an African-American, a black man, the axe man, and he was released without bail. I, this is unreal. This is chilling. But, uh, of course, this is Governor Hochul in New York and uh, Alvin Bragg. And uh, this man told the news report, this man is literally, he's just going around terrorizing people and smashing things. He, like, smashed this, like, glass partition. He, like, tried to smash a few tables, just wrecking things around on this rampage in this restaurant with an axe, with an axe. And, by the way, there were people, and he's, like, swinging it at them. He's hitting people. And then he told the news reporter, he said, well, I never intended to hurt anybody. He says he was under control the entire time. This man was probably drunk, it seems, and he's literally on this violent rampage with an axe and breaking things and threatening people. And he told a news reporter in an interview, well, no, but I ne- I was under control the whole time. I kept my composure. That's what he said. He said, I kept my composure and I never actually intended to hurt anybody. Well, isn't that a relief? He wasn't going to hurt anybody. I, I, like, are you kidding me? I mean, th- th- this man, th- th- this was terrifying. And I love how the news, like, reports his comments and, like, like reports it with a safe, safe uh, with a straight face, and actually pretends as though it's newsworthy, as though his quote, "Well, um, we spoke to the crazy maniac who went on a rampage with an axe and was threatening people and started breaking things and demolishing things and terrorizing the entire restaurant." And he says that in fact he meant no harm, and he says that in fact he had the best of intentions and he kept his composure the entire time. And and uh, the news of his being totally out of control, was, uh, was highly exa- heavily exaggerated. It, it, it reminds me of, like, when the media, like, you don't report his, like, he's the crazy guy, okay? He's the person who belongs in a mental institution. You don't report his quote. And, like, his quote is meaningless. It, 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 it's like if a five-year-old, like, starts, like, breaking glasses all over the house just for fun, and, like, you go to the five-year-old, well, sir, do you have any comment? And he says, well, yeah, I, I didn't mean to break it. Like, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. He's a five-year-old, right? So it, it reminds me of like when the media will like they'll quote the Iranians saying, "Well, yes, we do have a nuclear program, but it's really only for peaceful purposes." And the media act as though like that's a serious comment and like that like that's a serious option. All right, welcome to the Yaakov M Show on the Vin News Podcast Network. Send us an email, Josh at vinnews.com. Josh at vinnews.com. Uh, speaking of Iran. The butcher of Tehran, the Iranian president, has been given a visa, and he is now currently in New York City. Biden has allowed the butcher of Tehran, Ibrahim Raisi, the uh, president of Iran, to actually come to, to New York for a U.N. gathering. I mean, this is so egregious. It's disgraceful. Biden should have stepped up, should have done the right thing. He should not have allowed this vicious, evil terrorist monster uh, into New York. I don't care if they have the UN General Assembly. I don't care that people would be annoyed. Like, too bad. You, you, well, you're snubbing the UN. Well, I mean, they do it to us all the time. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But uh, of course, you know, the Biden's best friend is Iran and this, and, and this uh, you know, butcher of Tehran. And, and they're negotiating this, uh, this disaster nuclear deal. Uh, meanwhile, he was interviewed on 60 Minutes, the, the president of Iran. And they lobbed him softball questions, and they allowed him to deny the Holocaust and uh, barely challenged him on it. 
Meanwhile, dozens of congressmen, both Republicans and Democrats, begged Biden not to grant Raisi uh, a visa, not to allow the butcher of Tehran into the United States. But, of course, Biden caved in. More on Iran coming up a little bit later. All right, let's get back to the border stuff. And let me just say this to Mayor Eric Adams. It is perfectly legal for the governor of Texas or the governor of Florida, DeSantis, to bus illegals to New York. In fact, they are helping the illegals. They're doing the thing. You're supposed to be the one who cares about illegals. Well, where do you think illegals are better off? In some town in Texas where they're not going to get government programs, where the, 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 the citizens there are just are not interested in being a sanctuary city or a sanctuary state, or New York City, where you have invited illegals with open arms and you have pledged that New York is a sanctuary haven where illegals can come, you'll get them free hotel rooms, you'll get them, which is literally, and that's not an exaggeration, you'll give them all sorts of programs, all sorts of government funding, you let their kids go to school. So where are they better off? So you should be happy, but you're a hypocrite. And um, now we see your true colors, thanks to Abbott and, uh, of Texas and uh, DeSantis exposing your complete and utter hypocrisy, but they're literally now investigating. I told you there's a class action lawsuit being filed on behalf of the illegals against DeSantis because he actually had the nerve. And I'm going to read you some quotes here from Ben Shapiro, some really great quotes about this. But, uh, you know, DeSantis actually had the cruelty to place them on these illegals on an air conditioned bus and shuttle them to the gorgeous Martha's Vineyard and these other beautiful, beautiful areas. Uh, like, like some of the just most stunning, gorgeous neighborhoods around the country. And somehow that's supposed to be a crime. He committed a crime. Somehow he's violating their humanitarian rights. The illegals, you think they know how to pronounce the word humanitarian or spell the word humanitarian? They don't know anything about this. They're just pawns. They're just being used by the left, by the socialists, by these open border whack jobs to try to score political points. They are weaponizing the, the border, and they are weaponizing these illegals. And you know why the Democrats are so frustrated? Because DeSantis doesn't care. DeSantis and Abbott, they're doing the right thing. They know it. They're saying, you want these illegals in the country? You want to flood Texas with millions of illegals? Well, guess what? We're going to put them on buses, and we're going to send them to your neighborhood, and let's see, how, let's see how that feels. And instead of the Democrats saying, well, hey, listen, this is our policy. We asked for this. We, sh- we supported this. They're, they're such blatant hypocrites. They're saying, Oh, this is unfair. This is a crisis. You have no right. You're committing a crime because you put these people on these air-conditioned buses and uh, and send them to these beautiful Democrat neighborhoods. So now, literally, DeSantis is under criminal investigation. And by the way, they now sent a bunch of illegals to Biden's hometown in Delaware, in addition to Kamala's house. Um, and you know that this year there have been two million illegals allowed into the country so far. Two million illegals have crossed the border into the United States. It's a record number. It, that number is it, it is a staggering number. Like, it's almost indescribable. Yeah, I, I think I saw somewhere that there's uh, three illegals allowed into the U.S. for every four uh, American babies that are born. I mean, that's just a terrifying number. So according to a local Texas sheriff, who, of course, is a Democrat, he's looking into whether um, the illegals who flew to Martha's Vineyard were lured under false pretenses. You, you can't make it up. I, I mean, hey, listen, like, like we're going to put you on this fancy bus and we're going to send you to this beautiful neighborhood called Martha's Vineyard where there's a lot of rich Democrats who always tell us how, how much compassion they have for you illegals. But like, what could he have told them? Like, like, like they, they come to the United States supposedly for asylum. They have nowhere to go. 
and DeSantis is sending them to a really nice neighborhood. Like, what did he like torture them? They make it sound like he like lured them into like some dungeon, and he's like he's like abusing them. So here, let me read you here. The absurdity of the move cannot be understated. I'm sure uh, there are even any. I'm not sure there are even any local laws that would cover luring people. Yeah, in other words, uh, there, there's an op-ed. I don't remember who wrote this op-ed. Essentially saying that there's no law that's being broken. If you lure illegal, forgetting the fact that. I, I don't think DeSantis had to lure them, but let's just say, let's just say under false pretenses, DeSantis decided to get these people onto a bus, and uh, he who knows where he told them they're going. I don't know, but he, like, faked them out and lied to them, and they got on a bus, and he took them to Martha's Vineyard. There's no law that he broke. There is no law that says that you're not allowed to tell these illegals, hey, I'm going to send you to wherever. Oh, and by the way, I'm actually dropping you off in Martha's Vineyard. Even assuming that it's true, there's no law. But, of course, they're trying to come up with any which way they can to, uh, to attack DeSantis. And, uh, and, and besides that, it appears that everything was transparent. There were brochures and maps provided so the illegals knew where they were going. And, by the way, the illegals were interviewed who went to Martha's Vineyard, and none of them expressed any sort of animosity toward DeSantis, and some of them actually thanked DeSantis. So, like, there is no crime, but, like, this sheriff decided, all right, I am going to... Uh, prosecute DeSantis because I don't like his politics and I don't like the fact that he's making all the Democrats look like a bunch of fools. They look like a bunch of buffoons for all these years. They're talking about open borders and compassion for illegals. And they're the ones who want the the millions of illegals flooding into the country. And now it turns out you put them in their backyard and they call it a monumental crisis. They're calling the National Guard. They're calling the National Guard to help with this. And when there are illegals, millions coming into Texas and Arizona and the, and the people of Texas and Arizona say, get them out. We don't want them here. They don't send in the National Guard. They don't send in federal, even though the, uh, the Abbott, Governor Abbott of Texas begged and pleaded for federal agents. But none of them came. But uh, now suddenly, when it comes to New York, Martha's Vineyard, and Delaware, oh, they are jumping to get the National Guard. So as long as uh, yeah, it's like let the illegals stay with those deplorables in Texas. Um, now, it's so easy, by the way, for them to be in favor of open borders when the open borders are thousands of miles away. And you know what? This whole humanitarian crisis that Eric Adams keeps uh, whining about, Biden could solve it very easily. It's called secure the border. Secure the border. By the way, Biden has now resumed the construction of Trump's border wall. Yes. Remember, Biden shut down the construction of Trump's border wall, which he managed to find funding for. He pulled the money out of a hat, billions of dollars. And uh, using the military uh, funds and the uh, emergency powers and all of that, well, Biden halted that. And now Biden actually has resumed construction on the Trump border wall. But, of course, that's being ignored by the media. No surprise there. Uh, So let me read you here some quotes from Ben Shapiro. You know, uh, quote, the long nightmare is finally over for the people of Martha's Vineyard who were forced to share their idyllic island enclave for more than a day with some 50 illegals. The illegals flown in by Ron DeSantis were shuttled off Friday morning to a Massachusetts military base after wealthy locals in the liberal playland balked at their presence. And Shapiro said that it isn't always easy to live up to the values that are um, on your self-righteous yard signs. Quote, my heart goes out to the victimized people on Martha's Vineyard who are having to deal with a few days of charitable meal giving. It's really rough stuff happening here. And uh, then he said, quote, this has led to... A dramatic narrative from the media and from Democrats, which is that it's the highest form of barbarism to put people on air-conditioned buses and planes to some of the popular rich areas of the U.S. Awful. They should have to stay in super poor towns along the Texas 
border. And uh, the kind of numbers that were sent to Martha's Vineyard are nothing. I mean, it's nothing. It's a tiny drop in the bucket compared to the border towns down in Texas. And Shapiro said, quote, they cannot have it both ways. On the one hand, they say illegal immigrant immigration is a wondrous good for the U.S. It shows the sympathy of the U.S., our open arms. It shows that the slogans on the Statue of Liberty are the real Constitution. On the other hand, if you show up at our house, then we are not going to be happy, and uh, then it's an emergency. I mean, it's, it's Ben Shapiro making fun of the utter hypocrisy of these Democrats. And meanwhile, uh, two more, they, you know, there are more coming. There are more on the way. Let me see here. Two more buses filled with illegals arrived in New York City Sunday morning. That's after six buses the day before, and additional buses are expected now. Uh, Governor Abbott has bused more than 2,500 uh, illegals to New York City since August 5th, more than 5,000 to Washington, D.C., more than 600 to Chicago. And Eric Adams is furious at the rogue governors causing a humanitarian crisis. All right. And by the way, Senator Ron Johnson, um, he said that Obama, he, he made the following point. Senator Ron Johnson, I believe, of Wisconsin, he said that Obama called the border situation a crisis back when he was president. And at that point, it was actually just a third of the numbers that are crossing now. So under Obama, you had just a third of the number of illegals coming across the border now came across under Obama. And Obama called that a crisis. So so Ron Johnson's point is, imagine what Obama should be saying now about Biden, if he was being honest, uh, about Biden when, 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 when under Biden, three times as many are crossing as we're under Obama, and, and, and back then it was a crisis, and I think Ron Johnson misunderstood. You see, I think Ron Johnson, uh, I think Obama meant to say that, oh, this is a real crisis. It's a crisis because there are too few illegals crossing the border. Obama said, oh, there's only, what, I don't know, uh, 800,000 illegals crossing the border every year into the United States. That's a crisis, not because there's too many, but because there's too few. Obama wanted, like, millions and millions of people crossing the border. All right, uh, there's a new report. Let's talk about COVID for a moment. There's a new report in the Lancet Medical Journal. Lancet Medical Journal is a very widely respected journal. And there's a new report that suggests that COVID leaked from a lab, but not only that it leaked from, and we know it leaked from a lab, but not only that it leaked from a lab, but this this um, report in the in the Lancet suggests that, it, which is from a very highly respected um, doctor, uh, medical researcher, th- that it actually may have come from a lab in the U.S. That COVID, not that it leaked from a, a, a Chinese lab, but that it leaked from a lab in the U.S. By the way, there's a breaking report, and we'll have to get the details of this next time, but there's a breaking report that like one of the heads of, of Eco-Alliance, Eco-Alliance, they were the foundation that uh, funded a lot of the gain-of-function research. The funding came directly from Fauci. Anyway, one of the, one of the former heads of Eco-Alliance claims that uh, Dr. Fauci actually funded the development of the COVID virus. So this is a bombshell. We're going to have to wait till next time because this literally just broke right before we started recording here. But, um, but, but, but the Lancet Journal suggests the possibility, not, it's not a conclusion, it's a possibility that it leaked from a lab in the United States. I mean, that, that obviously is a huge bombshell if, it, if it's true. I don't know. Look, you're gonna. I guess the obvious question is, well, why did it originate in Wuhan, China? I don't know. I mean, I don't know how viruses work. Maybe like it, it, it leaked from a lab in the U.S., but maybe somehow somebody traveled to China and it spread there before it had a chance to spread through the U.S. I don't know. I realize it's unlikely. I personally, if I was a betting man, I would imagine it leaked from the Wuhan lab, which certainly makes a lot of sense. But either way, that's not my point. My point is that Democrats are livid. There are a lot of 
quote-unquote mainstream scientists and establishment people are very upset. How dare you? How dare you suggest that, uh, that, that, that the COVID virus leaked from a lab in the United States? And that annoys them, and that outrages them that it's a possibility. And, and uh, here's my point is, well, what about the science? This is science, right? There's a scientist. There are researchers who studied this stuff, who have a lot of data and have analyzed the data and are trying to look at this thing from all angles. And they say, well, what about the possibility that it leaked from a lab in the U.S.? And suddenly, all the people, all the science lovers out there, all the people who call us science deniers because we don't necessarily want to get the COVID vaccine or because we question climate change, suddenly when the science goes against their narrative, well, then that's pseudoscience. That's fake science, right? I mean, j- just like we've seen, you know, just like the, the, the scientists who say that lockdowns were a bad thing, right? So why are they not science deniers? That's the, that's the hypocrisy there is when we deny the science uh, that they like, when we deny Fauci science and uh, all the climate change stuff, then we are science deniers. But uh, now you have a scientist who actually says something that flies in their face and who says, well, maybe it leaked out of a U.S. lab, the, the, the COVID virus, which I wouldn't be shocked. Nothing would shock me at this point. Well, suddenly they're not science deniers, even though they are denying the science. All right. Um, listen to this story. Some 9-11 stuff here. The terrorist behind 9-11 uh, may be avoiding the death penalty. And how insane is it that they haven't even been tried? Do you know that the, the, the terrorists who were behind, the mastermind and, and other terrorists who were behind the 9-11 attacks have been in Guantanamo Bay for since, obviously, since they were captured after 9-11, and they still have not even stood trial. It's outrageous. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's disgraceful. And think about this. Steve Bannon, Paul Manafort, Roger Stone, all these buddies of Trump, they have all stood trial, and they have all been found guilty, but the 9-11 terrorists have still not stood trial. Is there any human explanation, any possible explanation that you can come up with? And now Biden is, is, is negotiating a deal, uh, a plea bargain deal, with uh, the mastermind of al-Qaeda, uh, who's that, KSM, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, and, uh, and other facilitators of the terrorist attacks that could take the death penalty off the table so they actually won't uh, be um, eligible for, for the death penalty as a result of 9-11. I've, I've never heard of anything so nauseating in my life. Now, another interesting thing is the loophole that allowed seven of the 19 hijackers, 9-11 hijackers, into the United States, uh, the visa loophole that allowed them in, seven out of 19 back in, back in 2001, pre-9-11, um, that loophole is actually allowing illegals to remain in the United States now, 685,000 illegals. And by the way, they are finding like dozens of, of, uh, of people crossing the southern border who are on the terror watch list. So terrorists are sneaking into the United States thanks to Biden and thanks to the open border policies. But, uh, but it's amazing. Seven of the 19 terrorists who hijacked planes on 9-11 and then, of course, flew them into the World Trade Center and into the Pentagon, they actually were allowed to stay in the United States because of some kind of visa loophole. That visa loophole is now used uh, to allow 685,000 illegals to stay in the United States, which is about as terrifying as anything you can imagine. Meanwhile, Pramila Jayapal, who's a member of the squad, squad member Pramila Jayapal, uh, she actually mourned the 9-11 hijackers. This is completely disgraceful. She mourned the 9-11 hijackers, 
Uh, and this is the second time that she has done that. He, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. The, the, yes, the hijackers, the murderers, the monsters who committed the 9-11 terror attacks, Pramila Jayapal, who's a, who's a member of the squad, a vicious socialist liberal, uh, she actually she, she, she posted a, a tweet that said, quote, Today we remember the 2,996 people who were killed on 9-11 and all those who lost their lives serving our country in the wars that followed. Now, here's the problem. If you do the math, 2,977 people were killed. They were 2,977 victims um, of the 9-11 attacks. But that wasn't her number. Her number was 2,996. The actual number was 2,977. So where are those extra 19? Those extra 19, she's including the hijackers. She is including the hijackers, and she made that same mistake, quote-unquote mistake, when she was commemorating the death toll Last year on the 20th anniversary of the tragedy, same mistake, which, which is clearly not a mistake. It's I mean, she should be off of any possible committee, uh, congressional committee. I mean, she should be I don't know. She should be shot. I mean, for saying such something so, so, so horrific, uh, commemorating the twenty nine hundred ninety six people who were killed um, on 9-11. Uh, there's a lot more Iran stuff here. I mean, it's just it's just unbelievable how uh, we're going to be sending. They are going to sign a nuke deal. The, the, the Iranians are so frighteningly close to a, to a nuclear weapon. It is absolutely terrifying. And uh, they're going to get billions, by the way. The day that the nuclear deal is signed, the Iranians are going to get billions of dollars before Congress ever has a chance to approve the deal. The Iranians are already going to be given billions and billions of dollars in cash. Remember when Obama, they literally dropped billions in cash in pallets uh, on a tarmac, on an Iranian air, air base. And uh, that is pretty much going to happen again thanks to Biden, and they're going to talk about how much of a crisis it is because, look, the Iranians are so close to a nuke, which is only for peaceful purposes, by the way, but they're so close to a nuke, to a nuclear weapon, that uh, we have no choice. We have to give them billions of dollars and sign some kind of bogus, pathetic nuclear deal. And, and yet Biden is the one who's been allowing the Iranians to develop a nuke and stalling to, to, to run cover for them. It's, it, it's just the whole thing. You look at the whole script here. You watch it all play out, watch it all unfold, and you know. I mean, Biden is as corrupt as as imaginable, and he's enabling the terror, the Iranian terror terror regime, to develop a nuke right before our eyes. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.